<laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Don't even know what to say. Uh, this is the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market. He's Ramon in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I'm Dan Kovacevic in downtown Pittsburgh. And we are live. Yes, we are, DK. It's so interesting, too, seeing the logo right there smack dab in the middle of us. And what's crazy is the hair on the emoji, bitmoji, is exactly like mine right now. Look at I was that. looking like that is accurate as all get out, man. So you I'm here for actually, that type of that. You went to your barber and said, and you handed him the logo and you said, make it like this. I did. That's exactly what I said. I said, hey, you, do as the picture says, and that happened that way, DK. Although I missed my barber appointment today, but that's no big deal, DK. It's hair. I'll cut it this, and grow it this, back. This definitely comes first here. Here's how this works. If you're on YouTube live watching us, if you're on Facebook live, just leave something in the comments. We'll grab it. We'll yeah. put it on here, and we will talk about it. Whatever you got, football, life, whatever yeah. uh, there there's there's no limitations is anybody who knows how this show works uh, to what it is that we're doing what you got going on today moan man not much man getting ready for the pre what do we want to call this pre-tampering before tampering start because i already <laughs> see some of the comments right now from gino at 303 that's that's about as real as it get dk that's the question everybody wants to know yeah there there's there's no question about that here uh Gavanti here has a good one here. He says, will Ramon talk about his perspective on the NFL seemingly giving Lamar the cold shoulder? Do you buy that, first of all? Man, I, I view this so many different ways, and it's so good that we're, we're, we're live right now to discuss this, DK. Mm -hmm. Is the NFL to Gavanti's um, – sorry if I messed that up right there uh, – talking about the NFL giving Lamar the cold shoulder? To me – as this is just my personal opinion, and it is an opinion. Um, when it comes down to owners, team owners, the business of the NFL, from New York, Roger Goodell, all the way down, I have a hard time trusting it sometimes, especially when it's somebody walking outside the horoscope of the way you operate inside the NFL. Uh, let's just say uh, uh, allegedly, you know, or hypothetically, they're having a situation where they say, look, we're going to put Lamar out there. And we'll see what happens with a wink, wink. The idea of collusion, which is so hard to to uh, to, to really prove. Uh, I, I don't think that's the case, but I did, do look at this. Did What's you that? ever talk about collusion? When I you, did you talk were, about uh, No, no, no. I'm talking about whenever you were a union rep. Did that uh, come up? No, I, it, it didn't. It came up as far as the Washington Commanders and Dallas Cowboys. Remember that lawsuit mm -hmm. that was going on yep. in the uncapped salary year? where there was conversations allegedly uh, until I looked it up and see if it was confirmed or not that the NFC East or the Dallas Cowboys uh, had conversation about not uh, about not going over the salary cap or about no about not having an uncapped free agency. Remember those those articles are out there. And here's a guy, a guy, Lamar Jackson, right now, who's trying to buck the system. A solo artist when it comes down to his age, free agency and representing himself, going up against a team where you became the uh, league MVP, took the league by storm, and you are their saving grace when it comes down to quarterback play until they find somebody else. So do I think he's getting a little bit of a cold shoulder? Yes, I do. I also can look at this and kind of say, looking at Lamar's situation, a lot of teams may look at him and say the teams that need quarterbacks can get them in the top 10 picks. 
That's kind of the way I view it. And Lamar is very specific for what Baltimore does. And that's where a lot of the time, yes, DNA of what a player does stick stick you harder than what you're capable of league-wide. That's what leaps out at me in this whole scenario, okay? Everyone is ripping the Falcons yesterday because the Falcons made it clear through leaking it out to a reporter that they're not interested. Okay, does that mean you're happy with what you have? Give me a break. No, but what it might mean realistically here, do you remember? Of course you do. When when Baltimore got Lamar, mm-hmm. dude, they redid everything. Remember yeah. the the unstoppable offense? Yes, except yes. There were, except that there was one team that could stop one, it. One or two, one or two teams. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, not not coincidentally, both in the division. But but the point was, they had to redo everything. Yeah. That was what made it unstoppable. It was. Who, who wants to do that? Well, and, and that's what you have to submit yourself to when dealing with Lamar. I almost kind of look at this situation and, and I correlate it a little bit to myself. Like I said, the, the, the alleged action that there is a collusion to say, put him out there and see what he get and nobody better not bite. When it comes down to the Baltimore Ravens saying nobody off of Lamar, we're going to set this. Uh, we're going to set his market and he's got to come back home to us because that's the thing. The NFL owners are all in bed with one another as far as the growth and maturation of the league. Right. Except Washington, but yeah. Except Washington, and Jerry Jones had a real bad issue with that in the 2011 uncapped year. Uh, but with that being said, me, myself, I, I think I knew for a fact my style of play was more prone to the AFC North. And even my agent at one time was just like, Moan, you're stiller in how they, they, they use you and they show you. I, I'll never forget the year after I signed my next-to-last deal um, I had a, a really good year. I think that was 2017, a really good year, right? And uh, I, I distinctly remember my agent was like, why didn't you have this year, this year last? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was just like, man, I don't, I don't know how it goes. Maybe it was opponents. Maybe it was my comfortability of being re-signed to the Steelers, and I was just good to go. But that does uh, play a part in how teams – look like well do we have to implode everything and mm-hmm. i was coming in too talking about the fully guarantee dk what was the initial reaction to one quarterback deshaun watson that got all of that well that was different <laughs> that was that was different and 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 okay yeah. so different in the sense of it never been done different in the sense that the franchise was that desperate no i, I mean look it, lamar is Lamar is exactly who he is. His passing skills haven't advanced to any significant level. So I think that's going to be a factor too. I don't think anybody would look at Deshaun Watson and say he can't pass the football. Right. You know, I mean, this is uh, Chad asks, is it more likely for the Steelers to sign uh, a Trey Edmonds or to go after Javon Hargrave? Who? uh, I'll I'll ask who would you want? Who I want? Who I want teams. is Hargraves. Hargraves. Yeah, Hargraves. Okay, we're clear on this. Uh, that's who I want, but Hargraves' ticket is way too high for what Pittsburgh is probably looking to do. Meaning, I mean, what it's going to cost to sign them, okay, though. You know what it's going to be? What? Almost everybody, when they the, the people who really do these comparison point outlets and all the research and everything have Hargrave coming in at around 18 or 19. He's not going to get he's not going to he's not going to get 20. He's not a quarterback and he's 30 years old. Okay? Wait a second, DK. 18 to 24 DTNT, D tackle, nose tackle? 
I know. Well, okay, let's go to the top half. You're right, Aaron Donald. You're right. With that kind I'm, of splash? Yeah, okay. 11 sacks, 60 tackles, and he's in. he was sealing the run and opening up stuff for Philly's linebackers. Come on. So the question I have for you then, God, dog, if you sign him, and of course I think Cam is still going to be there, where is Cam at per year? I should probably look that up, DK, uh, when we're talking about like team balance. Like has Hargraves uh, absolutely – eclipse cam Hayward when it comes down to uh average per year with salary with immense respect cam's 34 and that all all the discussions change yeah cam's base this year is 15.6 or so yeah and uh, that's you know so you would be totally in line paying hard look and it's also there's there's 32 teams involved there are 32 teams cam's Uh, not a free agent anymore yeah and all it takes is one cam cam is a stealer for life yes 100 that comes at a price it does, and it's a matter of where you want to go when you win. But to yeah. answer the question, Chad, mm-hmm. is who I want versus who we should get, I think who you should get is Edmonds, 100%. And that's because you fill a void with a with, – and Pittsburgh's super good at this. Farrier, Foot, okay, those guys came in and were immediate spark plugs when it came down to you knew they were good enough to start they went to other teams or were coming from other teams and they became spark plugs for your entire defense that one position in mike linebacker off the ball linebacker has to be one that that really is coveted moving forward with the Steelers because we got our quarterback on offense okay right kenny pickett mm-hmm. who's your quarterback on defense like legitimate i know cam's your leader mick is your leader but who's your quarterback on defense Mm-mm. you don't have one Mm-mm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I think that's why it's more practical to do that. I don't think I don't I don't think Edmonds is overrated. I, I think he's better than most. And when you surround him with a culture, um, when you surround him with a culture and an expectation and coaches that get him, I think you get a better player. We've seen that. How many times have we seen players come from other teams and be immensely better because they're surrounded by those types of guys? This is the best question we're gonna get in forever here. Hey, Moan, who would you shut down the most in practice? Bear in mind, whoever it is that you name here, I'm going to personally send this episode to. (laughs) You are an animal. You hear me? You are an animal. Let's have it. Uh, Names. I I want names, not concepts. I got you. I got you right here. Somebody you're not even expecting. You ready for it? Are you ready for this? Great question, too, by the way, Aiden. Uh Uh, It it would be Coach Tomlin. And you want to know why? Oh, boy. You want to know why him? Go right ahead. Because the amount of challenges that he shoot at me, and he told me this, he do it just to mess with me a little bit or or have a young guy or I got to go practice on a certain day that others don't or, you know, Marquise and somebody else will be out and I'm the lone starter in there on days. It was him, but it was necessary for me to stay sharp and it was necessary for our team to have somebody in there that can kind of bring young guys along. And I was always kind of that guy. His his ability, and now you heard me always kind of say that to kind of prod you in the ribs and stuff like that. He's a magician at it. And if you can get past him and his mental games, then you beat him. But Coach T was probably one of those ones or the defensive scheme in which they had to uh, try to attack us when it came down to the offensive line. Players-wise, man, a, a quick pro tip. It's so much that happens in the practice. It's so many. I've seen players be phenomenal in games. And be completely trash in practice. Trash in practice. Trash in practice. Is that because they're not trying? Uh, maybe a little bit of that. Or some guys truly need the lights. 
Okay, so before we go further, mm-hmm. you've seen in the springtime or in training camp, guys, oh, this guy's a lock for the roster. And then they get inside of stadiums, and what happens, DK? <laughs> Quiet as a church mouse out here. <laughs> so which one do you want? You want me beasting guys in practice, or you want me performing uh, in the stadium? Mark Slaws asks, who's your favorite offensive lineman in this coming draft for the Steelers? And he throws in the qualifier there as opposed to who's just the best offensive lineman. Who's my favorite one for the Steelers? Guys that I know. It's two guys that's coming off top for me. And one you're going to say I'm biased as, and you know where I'm going. Oh, you're going to Tennessee. I know where you're going. Him first. And I, I'm not sure I disagree. 6'5", 333 running pretty much a five flat. This dude was three hundredths of a second from a 4'9 at that size. His 10 split was good. His vertical was good. His long jump was good. Darnell Wright's the guy I'm speaking of mm-hmm. uh, when it comes down to him. My question is, do you elect to put him at left, which he wanted to move from in college, or do you put him at left guard, left tackle or left guard? Those are my questions that I have for you. You see what I'm saying? So it's a matter of finding the fit when it comes to drafting a tackle specifically that performed well and uh, that performed well and um, you, you have the ability – to, to move him inside. I don't know if he want to do that, but I also look at him and kind of say, you'll do anything to stay on the roster. The dude, the offensive line that I absolutely love and will marvel at if Pittsburgh can get him, and he should be there. Osiris Torrance out of Florida, the guard, the true guard. Okay. He's got size. He's got speed. I think if you're talking to him at the draft, you'd say to yourself, he's a AFC North guy, period. The same way that I got stereotyped is is I feel like the same way he would. You uh, have to every time you mention that, you have to tell people what that means because it's so awesome. Oh yeah, absolutely. AFC North guy is this somebody who's uh, Oh no, 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 no. What what's that? You as an AFC North guy and who oh, who are the teams easy. that talk to you? Oh, the teams that talk Listen to me at the up. combine, Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati. And Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. <laughs> that is that that should be on your epitaph. That's just fantastic. And These you know are the why? Four teams that came to because we, why? Go ahead, junkyard a fighter. Dog. They junkyard knew that. Dog. Exactly, a fighter first and foremost. Bigger guy and had a, an attitude for the run game too. Those are the things that that, that Osiris Torrance had. If you have him, immediate upgrade, DK. Joe Abraham asks, why was Roquan Smith not on our radar when we had the Bears right where we wanted them? And, and that's referring, of course, to the midseason trade. And, mm-hmm. and it was there to be had. The Bears are always there to be had. Yeah, we <laughs> got a second-round second pick. <laughs> essentially a first-rounder. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. That's essentially two first-rounders. Joe, what I say is this, man. Uh, Roquan, you knew he was going to carry a heavy ticket. That wasn't just a regular old sign. That was a a, a trading sign situation. It's kind of the way I looked at him. And Baltimore did exactly that. I think they gave him $100 million. Pittsburgh isn't in a, in a, in a position to do that when it comes down to where, is mo- where money is allocated at. So um, I think it's too fragile of a move to make when it comes down to getting your Roquan. And I think you almost want uh, a guy that you can probably get for a little bit cheaper. Pittsburgh is most teams operate on the cheap side too, Joe. Great question. No question about that. When um, I'm going to share with people who are who are new to us today, 
uh, with the live format here that we're going to be here. We're going to be doing this every day. This is yeah. this, this is a, a, a 4 p.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. Ramon time <laughs> in Tennessee. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and the way this works, if you're just jumping on, if you want to participate, go to YouTube Live, go to Facebook Live, mm-hmm. and just leave something there. I, I think we can also take questions from Twitch, unless I'm unless I'm mistaken. Uh, we can't, the, the system isn't hooked up to take anything from Twitter. So if you're watching this on Twitter and you yeah. go, why can't I, they're not paying attention to me. <laughs> Just go to YouTube or Facebook and make that. Now we did try today based on what some readers suggested to get alerts out, to get the word out that this show is coming. But the easiest way to know that it's coming is to look at your clock. Cause that's when we're going to be here. Yes. And in addition to that, if you miss the show live, it's still going to be available everywhere that it was available before, uh, including the audio-only versions. So that's all. I just wanted to throw that in. I, I think that's, uh, you know, this is going to be fun. Yeah, it is. I like this I like this format a whole lot better, especially when you guys send in questions, too. I like that. Oh, yeah. there's. I mean, that's actually the best part here. Matthew Baldwin asks, uh, hey, <laughs> hey, you handsome chaps. <laughs> What positions do you think the Steelers will attack in day three of the draft? Who asks a day three question? Day three question, DK. This is Matthew uh, just wanting to be interesting. Matthew's uh, like, no, nah, man, I'm going to really throw him a curve. Here's a day three question. I, I know, man. I'd, uh, special teamers is where you attack for the most part. I can always see secondary. I can also always see linebacker. And if you can find you a um, – Special teams, Right. I'm going to go bona fide kick returner. Fifth, sixth round, seventh round type of guy that you know is quick twitch, maybe a little bit undersized. Uh, because we got to see my guy from Memphis from last year. If he can stay healthy, uh, goodness gracious, uh, running back from Memphis. Uh, give me one second, DK. Uh, but we got to see if he can stay healthy for the most part when it comes down to his availability when it comes down to the NFL. That's one thing that's got to be – that's got to – Calvin Austin. That is. Oh, I didn't know that's who you were referring to. Yes, yeah, Calvin, I mean he's he's real. I mean he's a wide receiver, but his speed suggests he's a a kick returner. Also, his speed suggests he's not human. Exactly. Yeah. So and and at as and I hate to say say as cheap. Thank you, Gino. I hate to say as cheap as he is. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always cut a guy if he's not healthy. It doesn't have a knack for making plays for you on your offense at his specific position. But kick return is kind of where I see too. And I probably still DK, and you might you're gonna push back on me. Is um, I still go for a young tight end. You and you, you just never have enough tight ends on the roster. Let me tell you why, though. You don't DK. want, but Gentry, you know, Gentry's not signed. He's not I know, and, and that's where I'm at, though, okay. too. I, I right. look at his situation and say if they choose not to bring him back. But I, I always remember guys like DJ Johnson, mm-hmm. David Johnson, or even Gentry, or whenever they can go get a young free agent that they thought they was going to get something out like Wesley Saunders. Like, those types of dudes are very valuable when it comes down to uh, punt, punt return, kickoff coverage, and stuff like that. Like, I, I do embrace that job, DK, of those later-round guys making careers out of it. Uh, Eric asks a question that's come up an awful lot lately. Um, I'm going to find it here. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Eric asks, how is the player survey that knocked the Steelers' facilities and family relationships likely to resonate in the building, and will it inspire changes? I'm going to explain real quick what, what that actually was. It was an NFLPA survey 
Yep. So this was done internally by the union. This wasn't some outside media entity or whatever. And the Steelers ended up grading like a D minus or something yeah, on their most teams did. treatment of families. And Ramon, as not only as a you know an NFLPA member, but also as the team's Steelers union rep here, yep. what do you, what do you have to say about this? Because it doesn't look good. Uh, you don't get the context in that. Okay, go ahead. Let's, I, I let's can have be it. fair and say that the context in that is the family uh, post game area after the game. the The nicer ones are newer stadiums. Okay, Pittsburgh has an older stadium compared to everybody else. Yes. The room that they made for the family area is indoors, but it's underneath. It's over by the press section. Am I correct? Well, if you knew where that was, where Coach Tomlin and them go for their post game yes. uh, uh, yeah. interviews. I, yeah, it's, a, that, it's that little lobby that's kind of that open air with that to, ramp there. Yeah, yes, it's, it's right there. It's so it's it's more like a, a doctor's waiting room than anything else. It's, and and it, that's it's what not it a is. lounge. It's not, it's a, not lounge. a lounge. Now I, I look at my brother's situation when he played for the Rams. He said they laid theirs out like a buffet, but they had way more room than Heinz Fields. Now Acrisure stadium has moving forward it should inspire change maybe they use two rooms on that side of the stadium where they can outfit it have food have uh, uh non-alcoholic beverages and stuff like that but the context of it is the nicer and newer your stadium is the better the family rooms are post game me personally i didn't pay attention to it because i didn't have to be in there it is small uh but i grab my family and we just leave i always kind of looked at stuff guys like man that's just pittsburgh and, and yeah, that's what I think of with the, that whole stadium, actually. It, yeah. It, it, and I don't even say that in a good way. Um, it's, it's, I mean, no, really. Uh, yeah. Acrisure Stadium, Heinz Field, uh, it, it's, it's modest. It's uh, modest okay? at it's, best, it's, it's not. It's not bad. It's not terrible. Yeah. It's not decrepit or anything like that. It's well-maintained. Yeah. But it's, it's modest in its scope. Uh, we... The reporters have to pass through that area mm-hmm. and they kind of rope us off so that mm-hmm. we don't whatever but um do but, you think that's it because when people hear treatment of families that sounds really bad no it ain't bad at you all think that's and it this is yeah that's it right the, the room I, gotta is be honest small. With, I gotta be honest with you that's not the end of the world to me the room is small but this is also the other side of it too when you get a d on the family room and stuff like that family room family treatment is they also put it to where the players can grab their family and move out of the stadium too we go underneath the stadium to leave out you don't walk through the crowd or off the field and stuff like that so that's the part of my wife never really complained about it so it is what it is but yeah you can either go you can either go back down this the tunnel to yeah. let people know what that means and and i see a lot of you Mm-hmm. Are, are out on the field hanging out playing catch with the kids which is actually oh, really kind of cool it is okay or they can do the, the the approach that like ben and others would take which is okay here's my family we're meeting here there's the car yep and you go out of the building you go out of the building so, so this doesn't strike i'm sorry I, I i don't mean to be that guy but this doesn't strike me as the end of the world but it should to your point though eric put their foot to the fire moving forward though yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. I, I mean, I, there's only so much you can do there. It is. It's yeah, just it's it's real. not it's not that big of a place here. We got time today for a couple more. Uh, Sean asks Moan, how would you rate the growth of the O line during the second half of this past season, and how important would you place in the draft to use a top pick on an O line? I give him an A minus. 
I'd give him an A minus. The second the half, growth. The, the growth. growth. Yes, the mm-hmm. growth of it. I was actually talking to one of my guys just uh, a couple days ago. It's weird you asked me that question. And I was like, what you want from me this year? Like, how, how do you want me to go about this? He's like, let us grow. And I was like, okay, the confidence that they have in each other right now, y'all, I'd almost feel like they're going to have to go in that room and start fighting guys if there's a major change. I'll be completely honest with you. Those dudes somehow have grown thick as thieves, and I don't think they want to change. I think they see where the dynamic is of whose role is what role. I think Mason Cole is becoming the vocal leader. He's the one who speaks, yep. James Daniels got a lot of publicity after the season, Mm -hmm. and I, I look at Dan Moore's situation. Okay, sophomore slump. He's the variable, man. He is. That's why we're. That's why we keep talking about left tackle. But I got another variable to throw into the Dan Moore mix. I'm here for it because he is. And you've you've dealt with him. You know him. Mm-hmm. He he can offer so much more. Yeah. Both to the line, but also to that dynamic that we just described. I I think he's he's more of a leader type. DK and then this cold. Is, Do you follow me here? I, I see. Like, well, like, this that, isn't uh, a knock. Not everybody is that no, guy. Like Chooks no. won't be the leader of this line ever. from now until the ever. end of time. Okay. Ever. Don't <laughs> but, ever. And, 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 and Daniels doesn't want it. Okay. Dotson, he, he can be that guy and he'd have to take his game to another level, but the yeah. same applies to Moore. Mm-hmm. It is. I'd say Dan, Dan Moore is a, is a Texas kid. He plays big, want to be big, all those types of things. I think he, we'd have saw more growth out of him if he wasn't a little bit of stagnant the first half of the season. I'm not out on him. Did I criticize him? Yeah. Was that fair? Mm-hmm. Heck, yes, yes, it was. Okay. Uh, do I believe in him? Yeah, I do. That's why I label it sophomore slump. I don't want to dog him because everybody, everybody's not Marquise. I think even Dave's first half of the year that he had, he tell you it probably sucked for him too. DeCastro, I'm much. speaking of. Not that much. His first year, it was okay, a little rocky. Yeah. First he year, had, the half year. He had some episodes, yeah. There we he go. Was still, he was, still, he was yeah. still Dave. I mean, you could see what was going on there with those guys. And every, what was everybody asking me about this this Pilgrim sandwich here? Yeah, you, you owe this? Yeah, what, yeah, what, you owe me. I don't recall anything about this. Yeah, no, no. Hey, Moe, I'm, sure. I'm still curious if you got your Pilgrim sandwich from DK in the Get-Go Cafe Market. Now, how was I supposed to transport this to okay. Nashville? It's, it's, it's by acting like you didn't forget you owe me. That's the first part right there. It's acknowledgement <laughs> of whenever I come there. I don't care if it's the pilgrimage. Oh, I don't care if it's the spring goodness. break sandwich. Somebody named Ramon Foster is getting one owed by DK. That's all they want. <laughs> this segment of the Ramon Foster Show very clearly was brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where quality is at the core of every menu item. Three expert chefs fine-tune every detail so that every sub burger salad wrap drink and app is crafted for what they refer to as craveability order your favorite entry at the get-go cafe and market today better believe it what do you think moan we like this good i kind of want to answer one more dk they're bringing them in man oh, I, yeah? i've seen this name I knew pop this up would numerous happen. times by the way you totally predicted I this in it. nashville you were like oh I'm gonna, we're gonna do this one yeah we're gonna do it this way because it's man we've blew by our time already uh but people keep bringing up this one particular name when it come down to ol i'm sure you've seen it uh taylor lawan oh yeah of course yeah just cut cut in nashville i'll ask this of you guys 
don't want everybody's leftovers when they're cut like that. Like, I know we talked about Tremaine Edmonds already. Don't be that team. We're, we're better than that, okay? Uh, and I'll say this about Taylor. I think Taylor's ready to be more done than he is to play again. I think he's, you know, kind of what most people do. Don't want to say the R word, retirement. But it's a matter of when and how comfortable you are with announcing it. Uh, from people that that I know that have been around the city of Nashville, they kind of say Lawan is probably like 260-ish. Like he's already uh, like retirement weight and stuff like that. Now, again, he may get a spark that he wants to play again, but I just don't know if it's going to be Pittsburgh. Whoever edited that picture, y'all let it go viral like that, though. <laughs> no, Put him in a Steelers jersey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Moan, let, let, Moan, let's do this again tomorrow. Like this, we're, same time. That's That's it? What do you want to do? Like go on nah, forever? I'm kidding with you, DK. I'm kidding with you. Now this is awesome, man. <laughs> I told you this was gonna happen. You're like, I said, like, you're never gonna let the show end. No, we'll be back. I promise you. This is probably the best format that we get to see you guys with. All right, this we're, we're actually here since you insisted. We're gonna take one more here from Rich Andrews. Oh, that's it. Okay, but that but that's absolutely it. Rich Last says, guys, one. guys, could you see the Steelers trading back? to collect more draft picks, trade back into the mid-20s, grab a couple of day three picks. Here we go with day three again. Since the Steelers don't have many except for seventh rounders. Thanks, guys. Um, day three is when you get your long snappers and backup quarterbacks. So I don't I don't take it too seriously. <laughs> I don't either. And yeah. if we're trading back in the first DK, we're probably mm-hmm. getting more high capital because the team has a real strong need bigger than ours. Yeah, I, I don't think when you're at 17, you're not going to see as much movement back. Um, you'll see that much higher in the draft. Yeah. And most of that is related specifically to quarterback need. And and that's when at that point, day late day two, late day three, you go with BA and that's best available, DK. Yep. Yep. There's that exactly here. Uh, Sean says Ramon rocks. I, I'm going to have to agree with that. Randy is uh, all in on day three. We, we should have a whole day three show. I'd love to know what, you, <laughs> what, what you're actually picking in day three. Oh, my goodness here. Tyler is glad you love the format. Thank you, guys. Love you back, man. All right, guys. Let's do it again tomorrow. It's 4 p.m. You don't need reminders. Look at your clock. 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central time. All right? Here we go. Yes, indeed.